Where did we learn your language? We watched. Unfortunately, what we watched was the 13th Warrior. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another exciting installment of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Brownlee. I'm John Rooney calling Mark Rosenthal a goddamn liar. That's right. And this week, because it's all Patrick's fault, we are discussing the 1999 uh, John McTiernan slash Michael Crichton Honk of shit, 13th Warrior. I just want to point out that my first choice was Howie Long's Firestorm. <laughs> uh, please, uh, the defense will have a chance to have its opening remarks after the prosecution is done. Uh, I call my first witness, fuck you, Patrick. <laughs> I'm going to allow it. All right. <laughs> Uh, so that's right, we were discussing uh, The 13th Warrior starring Antonio Banderas, one of his uh, first uh, post-Desperado big-time leading man action roles, uh, although calling it an action movie. Uh, well, we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> I'm calling it a movie. True. We'll get there. It was definitely a series of moving images. That is true. Almost true. <laughs> There's a lot of images where nothing happens. <laughs> uh, so the 13th Warrior, uh, directed by the director of, of, of Rollerball, you know, that guy, Johnny Mac. John Mack, McTiernan. John McTiernan. <laughs> yeah. Noted tax dodger, John McTiernan. Right. Uh, begins, like all movies do, <laughs> with the worst CGI boat going through the worst CGI water during the worst CGI rainstorm ever. Now, in history. Phantom Menace gets a lot of slack for having subpar CGI in a lot of its scenes, but I would say judge it by its context and watch the 13th Warrior. <laughs> yeah, when you... Not a single Gungan in this entire fucking movie. And I know we had the technology. That's the crazy thing to think of, is that this movie movie came out in 1999. Uh, the week it opened, it opened number two behind the sixth sense. Uh, and uh, also, Star Wars Episode One had already come out or was about to come out. Um, and the fact that this movie is so dreary and poorly made, <laughs> when clearly at least three quarters of a quality movie uh, existed <laughs> in, in... Yeah, if you, take, if you take the first two acts of The Sixth Sense and then just tack on the third act of episode one, you've got a real solid movie. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I feel like it would still make sense somehow. Sure. Sure. Uh, so anyways, The Thirteenth Warrior begins with a boat and some dumb guys and an insane amount of the most boring narration this side of the original cut of Blade Runner with Antonio Banderas uh, introducing himself as I have a million last names but for the rest of the movie everyone's just gonna call me Ahmed 
Eben. Or, yeah. They call him Eben. Yeah, or little brother. Little yep. brother. Uh, because, of course, Antonio Banderas is playing an Arab character. This was the 90s, John. Uh, no, I'm giving this movie credit for its colorblind casting. <laughs> That's true. They cast a, a clearly Scottish person as uh, a Norseman. Yeah, they cast they, a couple yeah. of clearly Scottish people as Norsemen. Yeah. And they cast and they cast a blonde dog as a red dog. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the narration basically goes that uh, Ibn uh, uh, Ahmed, Ibn, Ibn Ahmed, Antonio Banderas. I'm just going to say Antonio Banderas That's for fear yeah. of like, yeah. for fear of yeah, just like offending everybody. R- right. Now, we're not having trouble because it's a difficult name. We're having trouble because none of the characters stick. Ever called him this name. Like, he says it two yeah. or three times in the beginning and you never... And, I mean, to be fair, it's totally a joke about long, old Arab names. Like, it is kind of a racist joke, I'm pretty right. sure. yeah. Like, I think that's the deal. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I also dare any of you to name another character in this movie. It, was, uh, it, it wasn't bovine, but it was so close Bull-weevil? to bovine. Bullweevil? Yeah, that sweet fucking Bell Jack Bim- White cover of that old standard ballad yeah. stars There's in this movie. Never oh. been anything sweet about a Jack White anything. Oh, that's yeah. untrue. That's, no, uh, come no, on. it is. The White Stripes suck. Just looking at that guy, you know he reeks of Pall Mall and cheap malt liquor. Right? I mean, that's definitely I mean, true. Technically, so do we. <laughs> also true, but he does got some good songs. I don't want to get into it right no, now. No, no, he doesn't. And <laughs> he let's absolutely not. Let's does, not. but he doesn't. <laughs> we'll save this for we'll save this for another day, Patrick. Right. Believe the mini Who likes Jack White? <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I mean th- the Rock and Turs are pretty okay, but it's not Jack White's band. Like he doesn't bring anything great to that. I don't. I don't you can't keep what's happening here. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you don't no, know good music. Terrible. Get out of here with your. I'm sure you just go home and listen to the Katrina and the Waves B sides. <laughs> Shut up. Fuck yeah, dude. You gotta dive into the back catalog. Ugh. Get some sweet songs. Nice, Gross. Dude. What's the whole point of having Spotify if it's not to listen to back issues of Katrina and the Waves? Back issues, yeah. Back you, issues. you gotta go to the comic shop in the way right. back. Yeah. Dig through those long boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just keep a. I don't know a lot of people like uh, uh, in the dark, up the dark side by John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Man from Eddie and the Cruisers, but I like all the other stuff they did. Right? <laughs> that that one didn't rip off Springsteen enough for me. <laughs> uh, so yes, this movie. I guess we should also come out and say it is based off the Michael Crichton book Eaters of the Dead, which in itself is based off of the book Beowulf. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which is one of our obviously our oldest uh, stories. Stories in history, it's like up there with like the what is it, the Gilgamesh? Like it's just like one of the sure. first written stories. Um, yeah, it is the Anglo-Saxon Gilgamesh. Correct. Yeah. And this movie, uh, after starting for twenty minutes, decides all of a sudden it's Beowulf. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first twenty minutes is a bunch of narration where he says, uh, "I was a poet, and then I fell in love with this guy's lady, and so they banished me as an ambassador to the north, just the, the north." north. Yeah. Uh, and all we know is the North is yeah, dude, Europa. To, Europa. Yeah, he had to take the black for infidelity and oh, was banished sure. to man the wall as a member of the Night Watch. If right. Only. That means there would be some fucking sweet, like, white zombie guys and maybe a giant. There's none of those things in this yeah. movie. Oh, well, I think it's important to note right now that I got bored and started uh, Wikipediaing old synopsis for Game of Thrones episodes. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> 
Very nice. I was adding some much needed citations. Oh, very good. Well nice. done, John. Nice. Well I done. Doing you're you're doing you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> I'm doing the uh, God of Many Faces work. Oh, that's nice. Not you're not doing the work of the seven? Oh god no, the seven suck. Wow. Name me one thing the seven have inarguably done in the world of ice and fire. Nothing. The many face god gives you many faces. I mean that's useful. Right? That is true. Yeah. It's helpful for the stabbing. All right. Well, John, you win. Uh, you've Got successfully, faces. All you right. successfully defeated uh, my polytheistic society with your monotheistic society. Uh, and yeah. now I guess I'm just going to take the black as well. And uh, I'll well, see, I mean, you, see you up north. If you're still into like cult shit, I guess you could worship the Lord of Light, who also like definitely brings people back from the dead. So like, oh, hey, that's, that's an option. That's for I'm like right better with that. than more faces. And I like fire too. So yeah, sure. uh, yeah, you know, as right. people do. Yeah. Anyways, Thirteenth <laughs> uh, Warrior is the movie we slept <laughs> through. <laughs> yeah, um, totally so yeah, it. It, there's like a narration, and then basically we see there's this weird extended cameo from Omar Sharif. Yeah. Uh, where he basically spends the first 15 minutes of the movie just translating, translating for the Northmen yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to Antonio Banderas, who spends the first 20, the minute, 20 minutes of the movie just going, why what? am I here? What's Ooh. happening? Yeah. No, Antonio Banderas spends this entire movie looking straight into the camera with a look of utter confusion, as if to say, audience... Please, I didn't see the other scenes. What's happening in this movie? Really, it's true, though. He's doing the whole, like, John Krasinski bit for a good 30 minutes in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just making faces I at kept, the camera. I kept expecting him to say, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, and pull out a VHS tape. Of the film? <laughs> yeah, right? Guys in the script. So, uh, what happens is the Northmen... Uh, Scare off an attack from the Turks on our our our, our Tartars. Yeah, they they and then our Those heroes guys got some good fish sauce. True, uh, and then our our heroes, the Tartar sauce. The Tartars. Yeah, well, they're they're, they're Tartars. They don't actually have the R. All right. Well, <laughs> I know it's weird, right? They uh, did well, eat raw right. meat with lots of garlic. Like that was their big claim to fame. So Patrick, also, like, not, not only did you Crimea? did you recommend us to watch a movie that is so disinterested in its own plot that it will cut away to something incomprehensible the moment it starts making sense. That is true. But you are also interrupting this very podcast for irrelevant information. Yeah. <laughs> Not like my very necessary diatribe about the God of Many Faces. P.S. I'm pretty that sure... That was on topic. P.S. By the, by the end of this uh, podcast, I'm pretty sure everybody out there will have uh, earned a master's degree in ancient history, <laughs> courtesy of Patrick Romley, yeah, so you're welcome. Yeah! yeah. Uh, so yeah, the... Uh, <laughs> The, our, our hero and Omar Sharif are taken in by the Northmen uh, who basically just hang out and cut each other up yeah, and eat they things. Drink and fight. Well, you see, their king is dead. Right. right. So they're in mourning. It's like a fight drinking of mourning. It's like an sure. Irish wake. Yeah. But with more, with more fighting and drinking. And everybody, like, people die as opposed to just get really the shit beat out of them. Yeah. Well, then uh, they have the funeral for the dead Norse king, and then his they're like, his daughter's like, that's my dad. Put me on the boat with him. <laughs> yeah. And then they set the boat on fire with yeah. her on it. Yeah. yeah, she dies with him. Oh, man, guys. Tough break. I know we shouldn't, like, 
I know it's insensitive of us to shame other cultures, <laughs> but seeing as how the Northmen are also a bunch of greasy white guys like us, I feel no problem in saying, that's dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> this uh, is how racism started, Mark. Hey, <laughs> it was look, just against Irish and Italians and Swedes. I'm sorry, but there's a whole bunch of crackers and honkies out there <laughs> burning live people just because their dad died. <laughs> Boo! Anyways... Uh, so, uh, <laughs> after that happens, they are sent an emissary from King Hrothgar. There's such a child, a small child, that they leave on a boat because they're not sure if he's real? Well, you gotta make sure he's not a ghost first. Which, to be fair... <laughs> it sounds sensible. It sounds sensible, especially when you realize that for a vast majority of the running time in the film, most of the women only interact with Antonio Banderas right. and nobody else. And they may be ghosts. They very well may be ghosts. <laughs> uh, but this little boy basically tells them that uh, a hideous beast has been attacking and killing the men of King Hrothgar, and Hrothgar. he has called for the help of the mighty warrior Bullweevil, Bell DeVoe, Bel- yeah. uh, Mr. Belvedere. Right. Yeah. It's pronounced Mr. Belvedere. It's Beowulf. It's fucking Beowulf. <laughs> uh, right. And so King Hrothgar asked for King Beowulf to come on down and kill him some monsters. Right. And they were like, sure. But we need 13 warriors. And the part of the thing is that the 13th warrior can't be a Northman. So they take uh, Antonio Banderas with them. And he's like, but I'm not a warrior. And then it begins a travelogue yeah. where they just make fun of Antonio Banderas while he stares at lips learning their language. Right. And this happens for like 10 minutes. It's a 10 minutes of the movie of them sitting around a fire, them talking, and every now and then, like, English slipping out and going, Bleh, flu, flu, 12 horses, bleh, flu, flu, fire? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like, he count, one of them says something derogatory about his mother, and he's like, oh, well, in your language, my mother's not a whore, and I know who my dad is. Yeah, and they're like, a pig bastard. They're like, how'd you learn our language? And he's like, I listen. And they're all like, ooh. And that starts a very infuriating pattern in this movie where the movie goes to great lengths to show us what is happening uh, or to reveal a piece of information visually then have someone say it out loud as if the audience didn't already know that. Well, it, it also takes like twice as long for them to say it as yeah. it does to show it. Yeah. That's the worst part. It This movie backtracks on itself so many times. Yeah. It's no wonder that this is considered, not considered, it is one of the biggest flops in movie history. It's number 25 when adjusted for gross, uh, and for inflation rather, uh, as the biggest flops of all time. Oh, really? Yeah. Worse than Ishtar? But it opened at number two. Did it yeah. not make back the money? No. It didn't make back the money. It had a budget of $160 million. Oh. Yeah, and it made Sixty. Ooh. Yeah. It's pretty bad. That's not good. So anyways, the Northmen and Antonio Banderas uh, make their way up north to the north. And while in the north, they find a hut in the north. Yeah. Look at that. How about that? It's like a couple of huts in a field. Yeah. It's just a dumb little town where they show up and then the king... Uh, King Hrothgar is there and he, he's a really old man I believe he's had a stroke or something or something yeah. he's got like the yeah like the the saggy mouth and like the whatnot. and that's just what people looked like back then dude but nobody else looks like then shut up that's why 
Fair enough. So yeah, the king basically explains to them that the the Wendells, yeah. are the Wendell, the Wendell, yeah, the uh, uh, the non-union Mexican equivalent of Grendel. Correct, uh, but it is fucking Grendel, right? Uh, has been attacking. But is it? No, right? not really. No, it's not really. No, this movie sets up a dragon, a monster, and pays off none of it. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of people talking about the fire, fire worm. Serpent. Yeah, the fire worm, the fire serpent. Uh, and and they're like, well, when do they come? They come at night. They're the eaters of the dead. Booga, booga, booga. booga, booga. Uh, and then, uh, then a bunch of stuff happens. Yeah, well, then they... Like, I disagree. Correct. Correct. Ash is that. Nothing happens they there's a little bit of like a dragon blade like build up the city montage yeah uh where they they like like, go and find to some farm and find a bunch of dead bodies that have been like mutilated and stuff right because because another small child right yeah no small children are big on just being alone by themselves in this movie yeah they're kind of like the universal heralds right like I'm waiting for one of them to show up and be like, Galactus is coming. <laughs> I'm waiting for one of them to befriend Maud. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... This movie's full of heralds. This movie's full of bullshit. It Fuck really this is. dumb movie. So they build up like a bunch of like sticks and everything and they get the city. <laughs> uh, uh, Antonio Banderas takes his big heavy Viking sword and like somehow, even though he's not a warrior and he's a poet and an ambassador, he knows how to A, fashion steel, yeah. uh, and B, flip around a sword like a goddamn ninja. Yeah, he transforms yeah. his claymore into a scimitar. Yeah, yes. he has it grinded down to a scimitar and then suddenly he's a raging badass. And like he's like, cutting up like sticks and everything and every, even then all the Viking guys are just like when you die can I give it to you my sister? Daughter. Yeah. Daughter. Oh you're right. I apologize yeah, Patrick. That's the great line. God forbid. <laughs> God forbid I get anything wrong about this guys, horrible shitstorm right. of a movie. Back to the very important montage of the city defenses being built up that is immediately interrupted by a guy throwing dirt at another guy. Yeah. For yeah. reasons that I don't understand. No. Well, see, the 13 warriors have to, like, prove their dominance, I guess? Yeah, because there's, like, the son of the king is all talking shitty to him at the yeah. meeting. Yeah, and so, like, there's this big redhead ginger man, and, like, they decide to... <laughs> I left you all the clues, Mr. Policeman. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, the killer ginger. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, yeah, they, in essence, challenge this guy to a duel, duel. Uh, which... Like turns into like this like you get there's this weird you get three shields yes yeah Uh, and then I guess the other person gets to kill you unless you dodge roll out of the way and use your iframes to get some hits on their back yeah in the end it's a very Dark Souls fight at all explain how this fight is supposed to work no they don't even explain there's gonna be a fight (laughs) it goes from guy throwing dirt at a dude they're talking shit and then next thing you know know, he's like polishing his shield and he's about to turn around and fight him yeah it's nuts and like the guy who fights him is like kind of the uh, the secondary main character of the movie he's not Beowulf he's just one of the 13 warriors right but he's the one who spoke Latin so like we've spent the entire movie with him because he talked to Omar Sharif and then Omar Sharif would tell us the audience and Antonio Banderas what the hell is going on Uh, it was really like I mean I appreciate not having subtitles but that is just fucking frustrating (laughs) yeah it would be like if a character was explaining to you what all of the characters in Batman v Superman were doing as they were 
were doing yeah. it. And then a nerd was telling another guy what that means in like and comic then, lore. And then <laughs> that guy was telling you. Yeah. Oh my god. Because it's everything that's said in Norse, then repeated in Latin, and then repeated in English. You know what it is? It's like, if you've ever seen an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he does the commentary for it, and he's just describing what's on screen. (laughs) Yeah, he's doing crazy foreign man, like, commentary for the blind. (laughs) You see this scene right here where the guy throws dirt at that man, and then they fight. The the rules are very simple. (laughs) What it is is he has got a shield, and then a second shield, and then a third shield, and a sword. And then the other guy with the red hair, he also has three uh, shields and a sword. Now they fight for a little bit, and then one shield gets broken. And you think, well, that's the end of the fight, but it's not. He picks up another shield. Because that's the thing. The crowd starts to disperse after the first shield is broken as if it's done. Yeah, right. but, yeah but then they keep going. Though I want the Arnold Schwarzenegger commentary of this movie. That was exhilarating. I would I would love to if Arnold Schwarzenegger just did commentary for all, all movies. movies. See this here right here? This is the scene where where Deckard comes in and he's like, you a robot, I'm sorry I called you that. And Rachel's like, it's okay. And then he's like, Kate, tell me you want me to kiss you. <laughs> and she's like, no. And he's like, do it or I hit you. And then she's like, kiss me. And then they do. <laughs> Uh, that'd yeah. be just be no, amazing. I need this. I need yeah. this. Uh, we'll come back to that later. Boy, it really, I think we'll need to. Yeah, it really, it also highlights just, oh boy, how uncomfortable large sections of Blade Runner are. <laughs> I'm really glad that Blade Runner 2049 just kind of sidestepped those things and just, yeah. just didn't say they happened. It was great. <laughs> uh, and so anyways, now the all the Norsemen are in charge and everyone's happy. And then it's nighttime. Oh, and the Wendell shows up. Yeah. And it turns out the Wendell's not a Wendell. It's multiple Wendells. Now, when it's you the say, Jamie Madrox of Wendells. Yeah. When you say Wendell, that's the name of the Simpsons character that gets sick all the time on yes, the bus. Absolutely. So that's all I'm imagining is just an army of that character from the Simpsons. It could be because, because they they're are wearing Bears. Yeah, they are wearing bear heads. There they are whole, like bear carcasses, and they've got like claws fashioned out of steel and bear claws. And now yeah. it's clear that the fight scene is supposed to lead us to believe that these are actual like monster creatures, but it's shot in such a way as to tip the hand that not all is what it seems, and it tips the hand by just straight up showing the fact that these are just people wearing bear skin. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, in this first... this this And is it the, takes the movie another goddamn hour to tell us to figure that that's out. what's going yeah. on. And this is the first, like, real action scene of the movie, and it is... A, it's real short. It's all in darkness. Yeah. There is no choreography behind slowly no. pushing my sword at other swords. Yeah. Uh, and it's then when it's Batman Begins quality fight choreography. No, because at least in some of Batman Begins, I can see what's happening. <laughs> and at least in some of Batman Begins, there's editing. Right. <laughs> there is as opposed, to just, <laughs> as opposed to just dark blobs fighting slightly darker bear-shaped blobs. Yeah. Uh, One but, of the bear-shaped blobs uh, uncorks somebody's head from their shoulders. Now that is With his bare hands. Actually, yeah. With his bare hands. Whoa. John, you're getting an award for that one. Well done. Yeah. Uh, your reward is having to watch 13th Warrior again. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping my Dude. reward would be giving this nerd Patrick a wedgie. Nah, man. <laughs> you gotta mind more bear jokes. You're back on the screen. <laughs> but guys, I can hardly bear it. <laughs>
Nah, you're, nah, you lost was, it. Yeah, Sorry, buddy. That one didn't have the same magic. Now, bear with me here, guys. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's nice. Right. I stole oh, the bear title. Yeah, that was good. Um, I think there's some cronyism going on in this podcast. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so the, the Wendells attack, we find out that the Wendells or the Grendels or the whatever they are are actually multiple people. When, they, when they're done attacking, they've killed a couple of the Vikings and made off with their bodies. Or at least with their heads. With their heads, right. uh, And then also the ones that they, the Wendells that were killed, they steal the bodies back, so right. they leave no trace. Except Antonio Banderas definitely cut off one of their hands, which right. yeah. becomes a plot point later. Which also, I'm getting mad at this movie all over again because that's just a person hand. Right. He had a person hand the whole time and never put it together. That well, maybe they're people. I mean, to be fair, he is a poet. <laughs> right, and as right. We, as we know, like people who are generally invested in the arts, they're not necessarily book smart. <laughs> like this guy. Well, ma- see, he saw that all the STEM jobs were starting to get automated, so sure. he wanted to go into a major that he knew couldn't be replaced Straight. by a machine. Right in the in the teens, whatever year this is. Yeah, they don't tell us that either. Yeah, in the zero. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a it's a no shirt open vest time. Oh, good point. Ooh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, the 1970s. <laughs> uh, there weren't enough Cuban heels, so but yeah, there fair, were a fair. lot of feathered haircuts. Also true. true. That's true. All of the that Vikings is... look like they could have been in an 80s hair metal band. Yeah, they were all got Farrah Fawcett hair. Like I they mean, all I think, you're, been I think in... you're, you're looking through the looking glass backwards. I think. All 80s hair metal band modeled themselves after Norsemen. Oh, that's a good point. I mean, there's actually a fair amount of that. Right? That's true. All right. Wow. Well done. Guys, let's just listen to some fucking satanic panic metal music. Sweet. Mr. Crowley. (laughs) I totally listened to that in the 90s and I was like, I don't know about this. (laughs) No, you got to dig into the 80s for the good shit. Yeah, man. (laughs) Fucking warrant. Oh, that, that's great your opening satanic salvo. panic song, you Cherry didn't, you Pie. Didn't, yeah, you didn't let me finish. Rat. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Firehouse. No, Winger. <laughs> uh, White Lion. Mm, uh, White Cinderella. <laughs> Cinderella was good. The Bullet Boys. Didn't Cinderella actually have a hit? Yeah, all these bands had like a hit autograph. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then there's like your lesser known ones, like your Guns N' Roses and your Motley Crews. You know, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar fucking, with those. Yeah, they're yeah, just no. the fucking jobbers of the scene. They're like the guys who would like fight Brett Hitman Hart to like lead up to like Hulk Hogan fighting fucking sure. Andre the Giant. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you had a uh, Rush, which was basically like the Devo of the hair metal bands. Sure, I guess I, th- I always viewed Rush as like. The yes of 70s metal bands. I always viewed Rush as that band I didn't listen to. Yeah, good point. (laughs) Uh, So, anyways. Come on, man. Today's Tom Sawyer. Living in the limelight, we me. <laughs> my sweet Getty Lee impression. I'm sorry, I just feel like I wanted to shove that song into a locker and take its lunch money. <laughs> the fact that you didn't kind of upsets me, John. Wait, is Gordon Lightfoot the rush of easy listening? No, he's no. not quite that. Gordon Lightfoot yeah. is the poet of Canada. Yeah, Gordon. <laughs> The chronicler of Canada. Yeah, he's the chron- yeah, he no. Gord Downey was the poet laureate, poet laureate of Canada. Yeah. Gordon Lightfoot was the, uh, uh, I don't know, the 
Canadian Neil Young, even though Neil Young was Canadian. Canadian. (laughs) So, audience, you've now experienced exactly what it's like to watch this movie. Yeah. You think you know what's going on, and then all of a sudden, you don't. (laughs) You have no idea. A rambling waste of time. So, after the Wendell's attack, they do some more bullshit, and they go talk to a witch in the woods, and she's just like... Oh, well, you gotta kill their mom and then kill their boss. But watch out, because the boss has the horns of power. Right. Whatever that means. Uh, and then so Beowulf and the remaining warriors go home. Uh, they get Benders. attacked by the fire serpent. That's right. They get attacked by the fire worm, who, which it turns out is not a fire worm. And again, the fire worm is led to us <laughs> by, again, another just wandering child yeah. in the woods. Wandering child. Uh, the fire worm is actually just the Wendells carrying torches. They surround the city and begin throwing fire in there. This is a longer and more protracted battle. Uh, this is where we finally find out that the Wendells are indeed men. Right. Um, Which Antonio Banderas starts uh, fucking like the midnight ride of Paul Revere runs through the village in battle just screaming. They're just men. They're men. They're just men. And, as, and, then, and as if him just saying that strips the power away oh, from yeah, the Wendells. Oh, no. yeah, no. They totally go straight Hulkamania once they find out that they're just men. Like, yeah, everybody just puts their hand up to their ear. Like, it's got a big flowing motion. Like, what? They're just men? And then just wrecking the place. Uh, and eventually the Wendells... There's a giant leg drop. Yeah. The, the Wendells <laughs> retreat, and then it cuts to Antonio Banderas by himself in the fog aimlessly swinging his yeah, sword. I don't know how he ended up out there. Because he's in the city, and then he's out the city getting their, like, their retreats well, going like, past yeah, him. Yeah, he's, he's just whacking like at nothing. Well, he's in a moat, right? Right. And he's just standing there like, yeah, you better run. And then, as if for comic effect, a, a smaller horde of Wendells, like, jumps over him. Yeah. And he goes, why you? And swings his sword a little bit. And then, like... He swings his sword as if the director said, like, ah, we'll put him in and post. Don't worry, it'll look Great, trust me. <laughs> and then like they get away, obviously, and he's like, who finally, they're all gone. And then is trampled again yeah, by more yeah, Wendells. Yeah. Like, it's clearly like a gag in the yeah, movie. It's a little rocky bowling. Nobody thing. told anybody <laughs> making the movie. <laughs> right. Like the editor did that. He was like, This is gonna be fucking hilarious. <laughs> and uh, then Antonio Banderas bangs a chick. Yeah. A ghost. Yes. A oh, ghost chick. Probably ghost a ghost chick. Because she definitely appears in frame. Just out of out of nowhere. Air. Yes, yeah. uh, she's also maybe a nurse. Yeah, I think she's she like, is the lady who like cleans up his face. Yeah, because like he gets like bear clawed in the face. Yeah, uh, and so delicious. Then, yeah. Oh yeah, I do love a good bear claw. Hell yeah, right in the face. Right in the face. Yeah. Some almonds, some cinnamon. No. Pardon mm. me, purveyor of delicious donut treats. Put this bear claw right in my face. I'm hungry now. <laughs> well, you've convinced me. Let us make love. <laughs> And so it happens. And by make love, I mean they very they wake brief, up fully clothed. Well, no, they hold yeah. hands, they cut hands. to them in bed, fully clothed. Not only is he fully clothed, he's wearing a full-on chainmail suit, yeah. and he still has his boots on. Yeah, yeah. like I, he misunderstood the term hey, knocking boots. No, man, his feet got cold after. <laughs> 
Also, does his chainmail, his body length chainmail, like onesie, have like the little it up. dick just flap? Hike it up. The little dick flap that like boxers have? Hey, man, no body shame. He's just not comfortable taking his shirt off the first time. He's right. a never nude. I get it. Yeah. There's literally dozens of them. <laughs> uh, so now it's it's on, right? They know the Wendells. Is the it? People. What is on? What is the point They're of this go movie? Fight now. Yeah, now Beowulf leads the remaining six warriors. Yeah. Antonio Banderas is bumped up to number six now right uh, and they go off into the to the mountains to find the the and up there and while they get there they like, can't find him and then Antonio Barris remembers like wait they dress like bears they think they are bears how do you hunt a bear and then a bunch of people shout unhelpful things at him <laughs> yeah with dogs I use peanut butter on a stick <laughs> have you ever tried helicopters if you put a picnic basket under the net in the park <laughs> we always use fresh baked apple pies who the fuck hunts bears you dumb dumb yeah seriously what is this England and then all he has to say is how do you hunt bears in winter and they're like oh go to oh, a cave you go, go to a cave. cave so easy go to a so cave. easy yeah nothing to it and, and then, he's like oh maybe they're in a cave and then just because the screenplay said so a guy comes over and hill and goes hey there's a cave over hey, here hey there's a cave hey we see it it's and then got the, bones out front turns out the cave isn't a cave so much as it is a series of rope bridges the cave is <laughs> definitely a fantasy dungeon yeah without uh, question yeah it's so they go up across a bunch of rope bridges kill a couple of bear people a couple of wendels on the way in yeah, then they go inside people. and they just sneak, sneak through past, yeah yeah and then do it until they finally get to the end and they're like we'll hold them off Belbiv de Beowulf, you go kill the lady. He goes and fights the lady. He's got a five foot claymore sword and she's got a claw. A claw like a raptor. Claw. Yeah. yeah, dipped in goo and somehow she's able to like injure him. Well, she gets the claw and scrapes him in the back, but then he immediately cuts her head off. Right. Like, immediately. Like there immediately. is no tension. There is no yeah. flow to this fight. It's not yeah, much but this of a fight. after he takes like eight swings at her and she's like clearly like ninja-esque. Yeah, she's and, ducking and diving. Yeah. So he kills her and then they like run away and they get to uh, oh, a dead end because they followed this stream. They're like, the stream will take us out. Uh, but at least do a dead end and they think they're going to die until they realize that the thunder they hear isn't thunder. It's waves crashing against the wall. Yeah, so they swim out and then they're back to their weird little town. Yeah. Guys, I just want you to know. <laughs> yeah? We're, we're blowing through the plot on this Oh, we are blowing through it so fast. <laughs> this is basically a mini episode, guys. Uh, so they get back to, to Hrothgar's town. Hrothgar! And uh, Beowulf is injured. He's not doing very well. He's very sickly. He's pale. He got the claw, which had the poison goo in it. Mm. Uh, and and then the goo you they want. were just like, well, you, we didn't kill. We killed the mom, but we didn't kill. Because it's Grendel's mom. And I want to say this. Yeah. In, the, in the story of Beowulf, what happens is Beowulf goes into Grendel's mom's lair. After he kills Grendel, by the way. And he's like, I'm here to kill you, Grendel's mom. And she's like, yeah, but what if we fuck instead? And he's like, ooh, I like that. And <laughs> if I get do. to fight my kid when it grows up. Yeah, and then that's what happens as an old man. In this movie, he just straight up kills her. He does not have sex with her. Then he goes home and then he's just like, well, I'm dying now. Yeah. Oh, there's one more Wendell left. Like a super Wendell. Yeah, the, the boss Wendell. Yeah. Yeah, the other So boss. the boss Wendell uh, shows up with the rest of the horde, and they come attack Northtown one more time. Uh, they are, of course, repelled. Beowulf bravely stands 
uh, sickly as he is, and manages to kill Boss Wendell Grendel. Uh, and then that's pretty much the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beowulf dies as if... The, I will say I'm surprised that the uh, elderly king, one day away from retirement, survives the entire movie. Well, that's because they lock him in the basement with the children. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then like Beowulf's like, well, I'm going to die a pauper. And he's like, no, you will be buried a king. Like, the king is king. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need to be king anymore. You be king, dying man. Yeah. Wink, oh, wink, as soon as you die, I'm just going to be king again. Yeah. Uh, and so Beowulf uh, finally he sits up on a throne among the pikes. That's inexplicably outside on the pikes. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. built into the city's mm-hmm. defenses. It does not make any sense. He finally he dies with his eyes open, and everyone's like, "Oh, he did it! Uh, we won the Wendells. We killed the one Wendell. And they all just ran away. Yeah, they do just run away. Uh, and then." That's it. They send Antonio Banderas home on a boat. Yeah. And he's just like... And he hey. writes the story of Bullweevil. Yeah, he writes the story of yeah, Bullweevil. And, and, and and apparently this whole series of events, this entire hour and a half preceding movie, was all to make Antonio Banderas' character a more devout Muslim? Yeah, he's a better man and a more useful servant of God. Well, there's a few things throughout the movie where they, they don't bring up that he's Muslim a lot. But the few times they do, there's a part at the beginning of the movie, obviously, where, you know, he's a devout man and, uh, you know, he falls in love with this lady and he's banished. Mm-hmm. There's a part where, like, Beowulf asks him about his, like, who are your gods? And he's like, I have one god. His yeah, name is Muhammad. Muhammad yeah. And then when they get, and he, like, makes him draw the sign in the sand. Right. Yeah, the god and, is Muhammad, or no, the god is Allah and his prophet right. Muhammad. And then he, when they get to... The Northland, after once again getting on the terrible CGI boat. uh, Beowulf scribbles some Jesus fish into the sand. He's like, this is my god. It starts as he's making a Jesus fish, but the deal is he was was trying to learn Arabic. So he, like, writes the script out, and then Antonio Banderas is, like, correcting the one. He fixes it, and he goes, there you go. There you go. Perfect. Now it's right. Uh, But yeah, and then there's the part where, after the battle, they're standing there, and the guy's... Uh, warrior number two, I guess. Yeah. He's like drinking like out of a big old horn. He's like, "Do you want some?" And he's like, "Allah forbids you to drink alcohol fermented from grape or wheat." And he goes, "Bah! It's made of honey." Yeah. And then Antonio Banderas like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's a loophole Sweet. I can get behind." And just starts getting shitty, right? Which is what happens immediately before he bangs that possible ghost right. chick. All right, well, that makes a lot of sense. I'd probably sleep with a ghost if I got drunk for the first <laughs> time at 40 years old as yeah. well. Sure. On mead, no less. Yeah, ooh, mead's delicious. Old-timey uh, mead? Mm, mm. I bet that shit was strong. I bet it was, like, hallucinogenically strong. Ooh, yes, yeah, some handsome <laughs> shit. Mm. Guys, that was, that's the end of this dumb movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I feel like I just want to take a little time. And, Are we doing favorite mall restaurants? Uh, we'll get there probably. Uh, but I feel like uh, we just got to fill in a little bit more time. Are there any movies you'd like to hear Arnold Schwarzenegger do commentary for? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I had one. Crap, what was it? Uh, dude, obviously Lincoln, directed by Steven Spielberg, starring <laughs> oh, sure, Daniel okay. Day-Lewis. No problem. Okay, so We've got to get this now, not later. Freedom deferred is freedom denied. Well, no, that's Martin Luther King. Yeah. I don't know. I never actually saw this movie. <laughs> uh, Daniel Day-Lewis delivering lines in this movie. Hopefully Arnold Schwarzenegger will start talking oh, over me God. at any minute. No, yeah, okay, so this is the scene right here where Lincoln stands up and he gives the Gettysburg address, which starts as... <laughs> 
Foscorn seven years ago, and then it's really about how slavery's bad. And then, you know, he talks for a while, and yeah, you know, slavery is bad. We shouldn't have done that, but we, but we did, and there's nothing we can do about that now except make this movie about Lincoln. Hey, did you guys know that Lincoln is on the penny? Uh, hold on, let me see if I have any in my pocket right now. Ooh, this one, this one just has wheat on it. Never mind. Oh, this one's from 1944. Ooh, do you know what happened in 1944? World War II. Okay. Uh, any like other movies? That Schwarzenegger has pennies in his pocket. <laughs> well, he's always got some loose change in case he gets by a vending machine. It's, it's so he's always constantly semi-weighed down to work. So he never misses leg day. <laughs> Well, that's great, but I think I'm going to turn on Schindler's List now. Yeah. <laughs> this lamp could have been a life. This carriage, it could have been a family. Okay, so this is the scene right here where the Jews are being round up oh, and they are sent out of the town and there's a little girl and she is yelling, Goodbye, Jews. Uh, she's yelling very loud. There's a very funny Louis C.K. bit about this, but you should not watch it anymore because Louis C.K. turns out is a piece of garbage. But still, it is a funny bit and I feel bad about it, but don't listen to it. Don't give him any money. I will approximate the bit. What it is is... He knows that there are little girls who audition for movies and that led many little girls had to audition for the Goodbye Jews part. And it is funny and it is sad because they had to do that. Uh, also, hey, is that Ben Kingsley? Oh, uh, you know, he is very good and sexy beast. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is Ben Kingsley in that movie? Oh, he's all over it, dude. Yeah, okay. I haven't seen that since it came out. Well, that was great. We just killed about three minutes. That's nice. good. good uh, stuff, let's good go stuff. to uh, let's get to bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> bullet points. All right, it's time for our very first bullet point body count. Body counts. <laughs> that is the slow sound of Mark researching the body count, people. Because, as always, it wasn't until he the words left his lips <laughs> that he realized, oh, shit. Remember when we first started doing these podcasts and this guy would show up with, like, a notebook full of information? And a different, uh, like, thumbnail sketch yeah. for each episode. What happened to the thumbnails for the fans? Well, it turns out I'm the only person who does anything. <laughs> and it takes a lot of work. <laughs> So, there's that. No, I do a lot of Star Wars research before every episode. <laughs> All right, Patrick, what's the body count of 13th Warrior? Uh, I'm going to go with 35. Ooh, okay, John, body count of 13th Warrior. I stopped paying attention to the movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm going to consider that 35.5. Uh, you Price is right at him. Uh, and by those rules, John already wins. Oh, yeah! The answer was 61. 61? A lot of Wendells died. And they are people. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Many Wendells died bringing you this movie. <laughs> Uh, and that will take us to our next bullet point, Best Kill. Best Kill! 
Mark, best kill. Oh, it's definitely when that Viking gets his head ripped off oh, by that Wendell's bare yeah. hands. It's so it's great. Because it, it's that. really cool because you get to like you get to see all the it's a very horror movie-esque kill. Because yeah. you see the sinew and the blood and like the bone and everything. It's a really well done piece of filmmaking in the middle of what is a giant ball of shit <laughs> rolling down a hill of shit, getting larger and larger. Just like a snowball or uh, you know. Society, unfortunately, these days. Uh, John, best kill. I stopped paying attention to this movie. Fair enough. Patrick, best kill. I'm going to take the poor bastard in the cave who gets shoved on a stalactite. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he didn't even get a knife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, you said stalactite, right? Yeah. Okay, I just want to make sure. Because mites are from the ceiling. Absolutely. And tights are from the ground. I just want to make sure. Right? I don't yes. know. I'm no, not right, a geologist. Because yeah, it's stalag might fall. Stalag tight, tight your ass? Butthole? Yeah, yeah I no, it's got to be an ass joke in there. No. Yeah, maybe that's it. Tight tall? Hey, if you're a geologist and you yeah. know the answer to this, <laughs> send it on a 3x5 three three card. card to a Biddledees and Bungly Doos or whatever. Come on, it is. Mark, take this seriously. It's <laughs> beers and boom boom. <laughs> Boom booms and shots. <laughs> drinky drinky blow bang. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Drinky. That is an entirely different podcast. Drinky, drinky drinky blow bang. Drinky drinky blow bang is our spinoff podcast where we watch Cinemax after dark dark softcore porn movies. Oh man. The city is dead office Because they're going to engage in some sexual intercourse. Now if you're not familiar with the way sexual intercourse works. Let me explain. First, the man gets aroused. Oh, God. Oh, God. This is a Hey, that's kind of fucked up, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. The man gets his needs first. No, he just gets aroused. You didn't let me finish. Then the woman no gets aroused. Then the woman gets aroused, and then they are aroused together. Then the man does whatever the woman tells him to because it's 2017 and I have gotten in trouble for things in the past like making a tourism video for Brazil where I danced and grabbed all the asses Uh, so yeah uh, moving on to our next bullet point uh, there are no war crimes and the weapons in this movie are trash Uh, so once again it's time for that old favorite favorite mall Patrick, favorite mall restaurant. I'm gonna go, and I may have mentioned this before, but this was in the mall where I grew up, and it's where I went on all of my high school dates, and that (laughs) is Ruby Tuesday. <laughs> it's got frizzled onions. It used to have a baked potato that weighed a whole pound. Oh, we discussed this the last time we did this because it was mine. Ruby Tuesday was mine. Uh, John, favorite mall restaurant? The snack bar at the AMC Theater. <laughs> you could get some warm tortilla chips with some jalapeno flavored cheese dip. Yeah. Uh, you could get some pretzels with some jalapeno flavored cheese dip. <laughs> Oh, what else you could you even get? get that jalapeno cheese dip on your popcorn if you knew the person working what? behind the counter. What? What's the jalapeno cheese dip popcorn code? Um, Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, <laughs> BA select start. 
No, it's sweep distance. No, that's dist- the blood popcorn code. <laughs> it's sweep distance, whole block, down, down, up, up, down, down. <laughs> Toasty! Uh, Mark, favorite mall restaurant. Uh, guys, there's a little known mall restaurant. You may have heard of it. I don't think you have. It's called Old Country Buffet. Uh, and let me tell you a little something Woo! about Old Country Buffet. It's terrible, especially uh, when compared to Golden Corral. But there wasn't a Golden Corral where I lived growing up, so OCB was the way to go. That's what all the cool people call it, OCB. Also, OCB has its own uh, mascot called the Old Country Bee, who is a McGrown man in a bee costume. (laughs) (laughs) Who shows up to bother you while you're eating your food. There's nothing more frightening that I can imagine, like, while eating, like, a bunch of shitty, poorly prepared, like, country cooking <laughs> than a grown man in a bee costume showing up. Hey, how you doing? It's the old country bee. That's some nice roast beef you got stacked up there. Uh. Stop crying. Why does everyone cry when I compliment their... F- ma'am, ma'am, you can't take the tray. You gotta leave the tray. <laughs> Buzz, buzz, buzz. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Maybe steer clear of the crab legs. I don't know what temperature they're supposed to be cooked at. (laughs) Oh, man. If if you ever get to an old country buffet that has crab legs, you are not an old country buffet. You have made a mistake and you should run. You are clearly in somebody's basement. You're actually in the house of a thousand corpses. (laughs) Dr. Satan's going to show up. Uh, All right. Well, that does it for favorite mall restaurants. Boy, does. And that'll take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? (laughs) Oof. Is this an action movie? Patrick, (sighs) is this an action movie? No, it's not an action movie. At points, they kind of hold swords. (laughs) (laughs) You think some shit's gonna go down. John, but it just doesn't happen. Is this an action movie? Uh, is boredom an action? <laughs> no, it's yeah. actually like the complete opposite of action. Yeah. Then no, this can't be an action movie. <laughs> Valid point. Mark, is this an action movie? But no. <laughs> no, it's not. Patrick, I am very upset. Yeah. You've you've tried to pitch No no, don't no don't say anything. You've tried to pitch this movie before. I have. And we've we Sir, we will hold you in contempt if you interrupt <laughs> the bench one more time. Motion to treat Patrick as hostile. Oh, hey, hey, come on. Wait you listen to me, you four-eyed motherfucking piece of shit. You come into my podcast, you tell me to watch this horse shit John McTiernan piece of trash. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going to break your goddamn neck just like that Wendell broke the neck of that goddamn Norseman. And then I'm going to shit in the hole that I leave behind. <laughs> This is the part of the podcast with Mark Tills, Patrick. Listen. He's going to shit in his neck hole. <laughs> now the way you shit is what you do first is you eat food. Hey, excuse you- me, uh, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. You didn't eat those crab legs, did you? Because I tell you, they were real cold. Listen. Oh, hello, old country bee. How are you today? I'm fine. I'm busy being America's favorite food mascot. <laughs> oh, that, that can't be true because what about Tony the Tiger or the Toucan Sam or the Count Chocula, Count Chocula. The, the vampires aren't monsters, they are just people with sickness. <laughs> uh, it turns out I'm more popular than all of them. <laughs> uh, so that'll do it for. Uh, uh, no, it won't. We oh, that's still- right. <laughs> 
It's time for final. Much like this movie, this podcast keeps thinking it's over and then continues to <laughs> go right. out there. Final reviews of 13th Warrior, Patrick. Uh, Bear Man. <laughs> John. Can we watch a good movie next time? We keep saying we're gonna and they just don't pan out. <laughs> I said Ip Man, but nobody else wanted to read. And I said Firestorm, but apparently you people don't love the early 90s L.A. Raiders. L.A. Raiders. Uh, I will say this about Firestorm. The picture of Howie Long on the cover of Firestorm uh, makes it look like he's confused to even be in a movie. Or... As confused like as to what a camera is and its function, <laughs> it's great. I please look it up. Uh, Mark, final review of Thirteenth Warrior. I give it one out of thirteen warriors. Like whoa, only one. It whoa. only gets one warrior for that one head getting ripped off and that one guy getting thrown into a stalagmite. That's it. That's all it gets. Uh, well, or stalactite. I'm sorry, stalactite. stalactite. I got it wrong. Geologists, send your complaints to my butthole. I don't care. <laughs> uh, that will do it for body counts and beer. Our shortest episode ever. ever. Uh, I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm very disappointed in all of you. Pew pew. Body counts and beer is Patrick, the Thomas Crown Affair Bromley, John Rollerball Rooney, and Mark. Medicine Man Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.